Overcoming Life-Dominating Sins on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. This week on the podcast, I'm delighted to have with me Susan Heck. Uh, She's married for over 45 years to her pastor and friend. He's been promoted to glory for over a year now, and Susan's been certified with ACBC for 20 years, and she enjoys working with women throughout the U.S. and the world. She loves to minister her gift of teaching and has written 16 expository studies for women along with several counseling and discipleship helps. Susan's thankful to be able to travel and to speak and continues to minister at the church that her husband founded. And and even before we came on live, Susan was mentioning how many trips she did last year and how many trips she's doing this year. Busy lady, Susan, uh, traveling quite a bit, but I'm grateful the Lord is using you in so many places. I'm glad you're here today on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you, Dale. It's a joy to be here. So I'm looking forward to our time. Now, we are talking about a very difficult topic, this idea of overcoming life-dominating sins. And and we want to hone this in. You know, these principles biblically apply broadly uh, to every human being. And so we're going to talk about some of these things, particularly as it relates to women. So I, I want to just lay the floor open. What are some of these most common sins that you see women struggling with in today's context? Well, I would say certainly in the last few years with the COVID pandemic, fear, anxiety, worry, depression, those would be the most common ones that I see today. And uh, I think they've increased due to the pandemic and due to the current world situation. It just seems to be overcoming too many of them. Yeah, and I think something that that um, you know when we we're listening to to media outlets, we're listening to other places, they give us good reason to fear, right? As we think about the culture around us and that sort of thing, and and we can go into detail thinking about you know why do we think women are struggling in these ways? And and I would say broadly, this isn't just a a ladies' issue. I think this is something that that lots of people are dealing with. But as we talk specifically about ladies and how you know these issues, fear, worry, anxiety, seem to be increasing, certainly. How do you see something like social media contributing to some of these life-dominating sins? I sort of anecdotally think that, but if that's true, how are we to think about that? Well, I think we have to be careful with social media. I think that many women today, they're, in fact, this weekend when I was out speaking, I visited with a woman and she real had told me that she's vacating time with God to be on social media. And so they'll check their Facebook to see how many likes they have with their post or they some even get on TikTok and other social media. And it's feeding the world's ideas into their minds. And so they're believing that loving the world more than they're loving the father and spending time in his word. And I know women, Dale, that spend two to four hours a day on social media, but I can't get them to spend 15 minutes uh, with the all all authoritative, sufficient word of God. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm, it's like Howard Hendricks says, no wonder they're crawling around in their spiritual diapers. They can't move on because they're listening to what the world tells them. And so the world feeds fear and especially the news media, they feed fear. And that's one of the things I've noticed since my husband's passed, he was a Fox news junkie. And so even, I don't even have, uh, my TV on hardly at all anymore. And so, uh, just not even watching what the media says that we are to believe has really, I don't know, aided in my, I guess, contentment 
And uh, I mean, I know what's going on in the world, but it doesn't affect who I am because we live for the kingdom to come. And I think women get caught up in the here and now and what the world is saying and they listen to their peers. So, yeah. And that's an interesting contrast too that you, that you talked about just where we spend our time. And I would say nothing inherently evil about social media itself. And some people might articulate a different perspective and, and, and that's fine. But when our hearts are being unveiled, that, that we're leaning into that more than we are the narrative of Scripture, the wisdom of God, it, it being the backdrop of how we see and interpret our life and the things going on around us, having an eternal perspective, as Paul would say, Colossians 3, thinking on things above versus things below. That's where the rubber meets the road. And we're, we're gazing very intently in a certain direction. And I agree. I mean, I think that this is a, this is a trouble across our, our modern society and how much we are swayed by, by postings on social media um, with whatever degree of truth there might be in some of those posts. And so, yeah, I think, I think you're raising a good flag here. Now, I, w- I want to take a step back and, and think about the church and how the church has contributed. And that when I say contributed, I mean positive or negative. So how, in your view, has the church hindered or helped women to see their God-given roles as wife and mom? Churches that are really committed to a sufficiency and authority of Scripture and have programs for discipleship and counseling for women, they have aided greatly in helping women. In our church, for example, most of our women are discipling or being discipled by another woman, and so that aids a lot. We have a sound uh, biblical Bible study for women. So that aids in helping them put off fear, anxiety, depression. Uh, A lot of the women that I mentor, I've had them read The Art of Divine Contentment by Thomas Watson, which is a Puritan book, but it has aided in every woman that I've gone through that with in in teaching her to not be fearful, not to worry, to trust in sovereignty of God. And so I think if they're in a sound biblical church, that's going to aid because the teaching is going to be solid and the, the word is a lamp into their feet and a light into their path. And, and uh, as they, you know, hear the word of the Lord and do it, they're going to overcome. Now, I also think, uh, to be fair, many churches during COVID not only shut down, but have compromised. And um, I've because I travel so much, I hear this from women that their pastor is bought in more into the the trend of the day. And so there's less and less expository preaching and teaching and instructing of the women. And a lot of, in fact, some churches actually uh, in the reform circles, a lot of the pastors now are doing away with men, women's ministry. And this is a common thing I'm hearing now. And uh, don't believe that women can learn from women which is God's design. And so I think if you have a healthy women's ministry and a good solid church, it aids. If you don't, it doesn't. And it's really sad to see, in my opinion, what's happening to many of what used to be sound biblical churches. Through COVID, they have become weak and compromised. And as my husband used to say, pastors, the problem with them today is they're politicians and cowards. (laughs) So (laughs) if you got a politician and a coward for a pastor, it's not going to help the women. Yeah, no, and and I think that that's true. So, man, I wish we could explore even more some of those ideas you just described about women teaching women and uh, the beauty of that happening and us investing time, effort, money into you know, training the women in, in those ways. And anecdotally, as you're seeing that trend happen, I, I grieve that to some degree, right? Because the Bible makes very clear when, when our ears are uncircumcised, when they're closed to the word of the Lord, whether that be by our own 
admission and desire to, to choose to listen to something else or whether we naturally remove the word from our hearing, it makes us very vulnerable to cultural influence. It makes us very vulnerable to the luring and enticing of the evil one by these different narratives. Now, now let's, let's hone that in. I think you've talked broadly about how the church can, can hinder or help. But I want to think about how the church is hindering or helping specifically as it relates to these sins. So do you see the churches as helping or hindering women in their proneness towards these types of life-dominating sins like fear and anxiety and worry and depression and so on? I think if the pastor is teaching and expositing in a clear way with, with clear application of the text for all of his sheep, then it's going to aid in them overcoming these sins. If he is not, and if he is bringing in man's ideas into his teaching, philosophy, psychology, and those things, then no, it's not going to help the women in overcoming that. But but I do see that, as I mentioned just previously, that, that in solid biblical churches, it is helping. And if you have a solid uh, discipling program, if you have biblical counseling, a lot of the churches have biblical counseling that they offer. You know, I'm always available for the ladies in my church to counsel them and help them. And I have many older women in my church that are doing the same thing. They're helping these women. And that's God's design. So if it's a healthy women's program with women, older, godly women that are uh, doing this, and it aids in helping the young women overcome their fear and anxiety, worry and depression. And, and, and back to depression, I'm not saying depression is a sin, but choices women make while they're depressed can be very sinful. Yeah, I want to dive down a little bit as you you talk broadly about the church and its contribution. I, I want to, especially for our context, as we think a lot about counseling and particularly discipleship, as we call biblical counseling, intensive discipleship, think more about what role counseling and discipleship plays in helping women to put these types of life-dominating sins to death. Well, I think it plays a huge role. <clears throat> I know I have two women who mentor me, and they have for 35 years, and through widowhood even, uh, you know, the one who's lost two husbands, she has aided in helping me uh, through this time of widowhood, of being alone. And this is a new time where I could be fearful. I could be worried. I could be depressed. And she has come alongside me and given me many instructions as a godly older woman. And so that has aided and helped me. I know a few months ago, she said, Susan, or probably six, eight, it's been a year and a half since my husband's passed. So time is flying. But she said, Susan, you've got to stop thinking about what you've lost. And instead, you need to think about what you have. And so as I begin to praise the Lord every day and write down things every day that God is doing in my life, it really to change my attitude. And so the one-on-one, whether it's discipling or counseling, is very different than uh, the broad spectrum of being in a church where you're just a part of the body, which is great. God uses that to grow us. But that one-on-one discipling, counseling, that accountability where you can ask hard questions and have the women keep journals and and what are you thinking? Why are you thinking that? What should you be thinking? Helping them with the very practical, like my mentor did with me, the put off and the put on. <laughs> and uh, so sometimes you just need that uh, one-on-one instruction that is very helpful. And it's God's design for all of us, men and women. And I just think about it in particular ways of reori- reorienting my thinking, reorienting my desires, reorienting my passions, uh, reorienting my affections toward the things of God as opposed to the, the, all the things that are out there that, that might rustle fear within us. And um, 
Yeah, that one-on-one is, is a very vulnerable place, but a very healthy place to, to ask some of those questions and to receive good instruction from people that you trust. And I want to encourage on both sides. I think, you know, ladies who are struggling, reach out to older ladies who are, who are wise in the faith, who have walked through difficulties like what maybe you're experiencing now, and learn from them how the Lord has strengthened them. You mentioned the book Art of Divine Contentment by Thomas Watson. I would echo that recommendation uh, as a good place to start where, where you're hearing how to live faithful walking with the Lord. And then on the flip side, I would say, you know what, there's some older ladies out there who the Lord has taught much. And I know, you know, older ladies, if you're listening right now, you try to minimize all the things that the Lord has taught you and, and you see yourself as being weak and maybe inadequate. The Lord has brought you through some of the experiences that you've had for a reason. He's grown you in those things. And in the same way in which the Lord has comforted you, Paul tells you then now comfort others in this same way. And I would encourage you to engage younger ladies. Don't think, man, I'm too old. I don't have anything to offer. You have so much to offer younger ladies just by way of encouragement, just by way of teaching them from the ways that that you failed and the things that the Lord has taught you through that. I mean, all those in leaning upon the Lord are going to be very, very helpful. And Susan, I'm grateful that you're helping to do that in some ways and you're encouraging other women to do that as well. So very helpful today. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. I want to give all of our listeners a little bit of an insight, and I want to make a request to each of you. This week, ACBC has our annual staff retreat. Now, now that sounds wonderful, as if we're going off to some resort and enjoying our time together. But the reality is, uh, staff retreat is where the bread gets baked in ACBC. It, it is a week that we set aside as a staff, and we meet together from 8 in the morning till 5 in the evening. We have our families over for dinner, and we share vision and thought, and we put together uh, events that will be coming up. We're planning 18 to 24 months in advance. We're we're planning the things that will will be coming out in the future. And uh, we need a lot of wisdom during this this week. And so I'm going to ask you, will you please pray for us specifically, uh, the things that are coming up, us being able to address things that need to be addressed from a biblical perspective, us being wise in how we serve our training centers, uh, us being wise in how we serve all of you as counselors as you try to minister to those who are broken, and us being wise in, in how we lay those things out over the next two years. And so I'll ask that you will join with us this particular week in praying. This is a type of place where we decide on what resources and what things will be coming out next. And so pray that the Lord would give us wisdom, insight, and ability to accomplish the things that would be pleasing to Him, that would serve His church and minister well to those who are broken. And it's the type of resources we are planning this week that you will find at a future date at biblicalcounseling.com.